From the Financial Times in Hong Kong, I'm Victor Mallet, and this is FT News. The implications for business are huge. India has been deciding new national tax rates for thousands of items from donkeys and horses to soap powder, solar panels and mobile phones. The reason for this laborious and much contested exercise is the introduction from July of a new nationwide goods and services tax or GST. This long-awaited economic reform introduced under the Bharatiya Janata Party government of Prime Minister Narendra Modi after a decade of political argument is probably the most significant tax reform since Indian independence from Britain nearly 70 years ago. The idea is to replace a complex web of different taxes levied by India's 29 states with a unified tax to eliminate the long queues of trucks that used to build up at state borders where the different taxes have been levied. But at the end of frenetic negotiations with state governments and business groups, the Modi government has imposed not one or even two separate tax rates for the GST, but five. The FT's Kiran Stacey has been following the drama on the ground in India and joins me now on the line from New Delhi. Kiran, the new system was supposed to make things simpler, but could it actually end up making them more complicated? Well, it's certainly not the one nation, one tax I think the businesses were initially promised here. The original idea behind the GST was to sweep away this incredibly complex tangle of local duties. They include VAT, they include sales taxes, various states have their own entry taxes, certain cities have their own entry taxes, and there's something called excise duty, which is imposed on domestic manufacturers. All of these were supposed to be swept aside and one GST rate put in its place. You mentioned there that there are five rates of GST. There's actually arguably six. The five main rates are zero, five, 12, 18, and 28. But there is arguably a six, which is 3%, which is just being levied on gold. Now, the gold example is quite interesting. It's one of those items that means a lot to Indian households. And it seems that political negotiation has meant that it's ended up with its own specific tax rate. That's quite a good example of exactly how this reform has turned into something quite different from what was originally envisaged. Is business happy with this? Are foreign and local businesses saying this is great or are they looking at it with some trepidation at the moment? Definitely trepidation. Quite fearful, many of them are. Many policymakers, by the way, are quite fearful as well about what the immediate impact would be. I should say, first of all, that most businesses want this to happen. They want this reform to come in. Let's say, for example, you are an online retailer and you get an order from your website. At the moment, you have to check which state the buyer is in before you can work out how much profit profit you're going to make on that item. And if, in fact, you can make any profit at all, whether it's worth selling into that state, well, this new system will at least clear that up. But I think what people are really worried about is in the first few weeks, once there's a huge new IT system in place, uh, when a lot more documentation needs to be done, when companies have to declare their taxes every week or so, then the initial confusion and difficulties created by this will really hamper business. Thanks, Kieran. Some critics certainly think the introduction of GST has been too much of a rush. Earlier, we asked Nupur Nagpal, whose company sells customised footwear online, what she thought about the tax reform. Here's what she had to say. I mean, we know the rate of tax that we're going to pay, but as far as we know till now, like we have to file returns every 
three to four times in a month. So I think the confusing bit is that uh, when you're selling online, uh, we have a lot of returns and everything comes back. It takes like two three weeks for people to send it back. So we don't know what our sales are actually by the end of till at least the end of the uh, month. We don't know how that is gonna go. There are definitely good points if we use photographers or web designers, which we do all the time. So we can uh, take benefits of that tax earlier. We couldn't because it was a good tax. Yeah, that makes uh, like some points which are nice. Otherwise, yeah, definitely still very confusing. So that was the view of a local businesswoman talking about some of the difficulties and eventually some opportunities. Kiran, do you think the government has diluted what might have been a bold reform because it's been pressured not just by state governments that are fearful of losing revenue, and perhaps by officials who are fearful of losing corruption income that they used to get, but has it also been lobbied by businesses which want to have the lowest rates possible on whatever services or goods they themselves produce? Well, that's undoubtedly true. As I mentioned earlier, the government originally used to talk of one nation, one tax, and we certainly don't have one nation, one tax rate under this new system. You could say, however, that the government has done the best of a very difficult job. One thing that they said very early on was that they wanted to get every single state in India signed up to this system. That has pretty much happened. We're just waiting on Jammu and Kashmir, the disputed state uh, up in the northwest, to do the same. But pretty much every other state now has got on board with this. What that's meant is a lot of concessions on various different items that mean various different things to various different states. When I talk to officials here in the central government, they say, well, that's just the compromise we had to make to make sure this system got off the ground at all. What they're hoping is that over the next few years, they can start reducing the number of rates and rationalising the system somewhat. What they're hoping is that once confidence builds, then they can take down these five or six rates to, let's say, two or three over the course of the next five years. Now, we've talked a bit about this, but are Indian bureaucrats up to the job of introducing such a complex system so fast? I mean, it took other countries such as Australia a much longer time to introduce this kind of tax system, when, of course, Australia has a fraction of the population of India. And not just the bureaucrats. I mean, are the companies capable of dealing with what must be an accounting nightmare? Or do you think we are expecting some kind of chaos, at least in the first few months? Definitely expecting some chaos. I think even the bureaucrats who've helped design the system are predicting that. It's a huge amount of of, of changes that businesses have to undergo. They have to register on an online platform. Lots of companies have to start paying bits of tax they didn't used to. One bit of the system is that retailers, for example, will now have to start paying excise duty. That excise duty is also paid by manufacturers of the goods that those retailers are selling. The retailers then have to demand documentation from the manufacturers that they've paid that duty and then claim it back. Now, that's a lot of different steps that companies didn't have to use to undertake to get that money back. And what they're really worried about is that the Indian bureaucracy, which is notoriously slow and prone to corruption, won't be able to handle it or money will simply go missing. I think a lot of the concerns as well is that because of the various different bits of this tax, because of the various anomalies and different rates, it might end up leaving quite a lot of power in tax officials' hands. And that's the one thing that the central government wanted to do away with, this idea that one single tax official could be bribed into letting a company pay lower tax. Hopefully that won't be the case, but I know a lot of companies are worried that that system won't be fully eradicated by this. We spoke very briefly about anomalies, uh, and the government does seem to have listened to some of these complaints from businesses about the anomalies. For example, the fact that solar panels were initially to be taxed more than double the rate for coal, in spite of a drive from the government to promote clean energy. 
Do you think anomalies remain or, or have they been ironed out? We've got a situation where chess sets, for example, are taxed at a very high rate for luxury goods. And maybe some Indians would say that chess is not really a luxury. There are tons of anomalies still in the system, or at least what we would maybe think of as anomalies. So it's not just chess sets, it's board games generally are being taxed as a luxury good at 28%. So is paint, so is detergent. However, if you think of gold, as I mentioned earlier, gold is being taxed at 3%. So quite what counts as a luxury and what doesn't count might not fit with what we would automatically think of as such. There are other anomalies as well. There's quite one quite interesting one that's playing out at the moment. Now, the Delhi government has said that it wants all new car sales after 2030 to be electric cars, which is a fantastic thing if they manage to achieve it. The problem is that there is no special carve-out for electric cars under this GST. So they're getting taxed quite highly, along with all other polluting petrol or diesel engine cars. And a lot of car makers have said, look, we simply can't do the rollout that you're wanting us to do if you keep taxing us at the same rate as other engine cars. So we'll see whether that sort of stuff gets ironed out over the next few years. But certainly when it comes into play, there'll be a lot of slightly strange tax rates in place. Lastly, once the initial confusion has passed, do you think the Indian economy will benefit from a boost to GDP? And will GST come to be seen as one of the great reform achievements of the Modi government? I think it's certainly going to be seen as one of the great political achievements. Previous governments have tried and failed to do this for about 10 years now. And the fact that the Modi government was able to not just pass it through the national parliament, but agree it with every single state and get consensus on this is a genuine political achievement that will be remembered for a long time. I think it will be an economic achievement as well. The question will be, will the benefits start filtering in in enough time for the Modi government to actually take credit for that? We'll be watching developments closely to see how India makes the transition in the coming month. Thank you, Kiran Stacey. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.